Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Fabulous fifth quarter on a Friday, 25th hour of the week, and we got a lot still to do. Recapping uh, game four of the Astros-Rangers last night. Rangers took the first two. Astros have bounced back with back-to-back wins in Arlington. They're home away from home, apparently, now. Rangers-Astros today, 4-0-7. Ghost Rose. With uh, a lot on the line. Game five is always huge, critical in a best-of-seven series when they're knotted up. Winner of those series typically wins the series almost 80% of the time, Rod. Uh, winner of game oh, yeah. five in a 2-2 series. But I believe the if you were up 2-0 in a 2-3-2 series... Um, you won, well, I believe it was 80% of the time. Yeah. And that's oh, why. I, which the Rangers were. I got yeah. a stat for you, too. No team gonna... has ever made it to the World Series after being down 0 2. Yeah. I saw the first that. two games at home. Good point. A good job. As I said, uh, after the I first two losses, I, I didn't want to bring up that stat because that didn't make me feel well, good. Sure. I mean, the Astros, <laughs> look, the Astros did this with, in the World Series a couple of years ago with Washington. They didn't want, no, want, no home team won a game. And the Astros lost game seven at home to, to Washington. They won all three in Washington, but went 0 4 in Minute Maid Park which is just an outlier. And that's, to me, when this series began, it's a rivalry series. Uh, it's like a rivalry football game throughout mm-hmm. the records. I just think you throw out the record. I don't, none of that stuff. I know it's historic, but at the same time, anything can still happen in this series. And uh, the 2-0 thing didn't scare me. And now 2-2, I'm, I'm not certainly overconfident for Houston. I think Houston can win the series, but I also think Texas is very capable of winning two more games too. So uh, they've got their two best pitchers going right now, which was what they needed to do, right? Because, they weren't sure about Max Scherzer, and he really wasn't ready. He wasn't sharp, and they really didn't want to start Andrew Heaney last night. They kind of knew that was kind of not not optimal facing that Astro lineup, and he didn't make it past the first inning. Got two outs, that's it, and had to go to Dane Dunning. So they're in a spot where they they really need Jordan Montgomery to have a big start today because they've they've used a lot of arms already. They you know, to go to go to your bullpen in the first inning last night, and then the fourth inning back on in Game Three. Astros should have the pitching advantage because they didn't have to use any of their their best arms last night. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where this goes, and can't wait for the game. Four oh seven today. It's gonna be awesome. Double. Can't wait. Why did the Rangers put in Cody Bradford last night in such a critical situation against Jordan? I think they were looking for lefty on lefty, uh, but Jordan doesn't care. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. See, that's what I'm saying. Jordan could care less if you put a lefty in there. He you actually hits lefties better typically. And Bradford played most of his year in Round Rock. Yeah, that was a big spot for him, and he. Gave up the uh, the big fly. And I remember when we talked with uh, Gene Watson, I think it was Gene, but to preview the series, he said one of the things the Astros do to you that is tough, if you do go to a situational lefty to face Jordan or Tucker, then you got to face a Brave. Remember, you mm-hmm. have to face three batters now yeah. in Major League Baseball. So they put you in a spot where you can you, – and he barely got out, you know, Jordan out. Jordan hit it 410 feet. And that, that, that ball would have been out of 17 of the 30 Major League ballparks, just not Arlington last night. Uh, but then he had to face a Brave. And then you have a matchup that you like, right, with with lefty on, on a righty. And see you later. The, the upper tank home run uh, was really the, the key hit of the ballgame. So that's where the Astros can get you. Rangers can do the same thing. Because, um, you know, if you come in, you bring somebody to get Seager, then you've got to face, you know, El Bombe, uh, Adolis Garcia, or one of their other knockers there in the, in the three-hole. So uh, fun series, very even still. And, and here we are, 2-2. Uh, let me ask you, because there's a lot of talk about the um, story we just got done uh, referencing the Michigan story, NCAA investigating Michigan for sign stealing, that kind of thing. Uh, there's talk, it's been talked for a long time that Jim Harbaugh 
would leave Michigan because he gets anxious at places. You know, he gets a little anxious after a few years. Stanford, San Fran, kind of wears out his welcome a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Happens to a lot of coaches. Uh, do you think the NCAA and this pressure now mounting with this second investigation could lead Jim Harbaugh if he has a the year that he's expecting to have? Everybody thinks they could contend for the championship this year. Could even win it. They're the most talented team potentially in college football. You have. Um, uh, what's his name? The Minnesota head coach who said that's PJ the Fleck. best team that he's seen in his 11 years of coaching. Could he decide to ride off into the sunset if everything falls into place? NCAA investigation, they decide to punish him. Uh, Michigan is really good, and they actually do win a championship or play for one. Could he ride off into the sunset and decide he's done with college football and head to the NFL? I think so. I know. That's what, that, that, that feels that like my, that, doesn't and, it? And I think it would be his. Feels like that. You know, he's he's now painted his masterpiece here, and that's why yes. this, this this he investigation. did that Stanford. Same thing as Stanford, but yeah. not the investigation thing. But I, he he was done with the masterpiece. Yeah, he had, he had built it. He had built it. And at Michigan, it took a while, but he was you know said stick with me here. I'm a Michigan guy, and I'm going to get this thing right. And took he's the done. Pay it. cut to do it. Remember, he took yeah. the pay cut because he, he wanted to be fired. But he wanted his type of players, right? He he was going to take him several recruiting cycles to get, or at least through a full four years to get his players, and now. You know, he, he's predicted they're going to have 20 guys drafted. They're going to break George's record of number of NFL players that become draft picks off of this team this year. And they're number two in the country, and they're right there, and they might be better than Georgia this year. I think so. Because yeah. of J.J. Yeah. McCarthy and the quarterback that they have and the lines of scrimmage. They're strong, they're fast, they're deep. Uh, you know, you know they... You know, they, they've committed the fewest penalties in all of football. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So I they're mean, the most disciplined team, too. Yeah. That is a hardball team, though. I mean, they, the they've, hardball only, teams, they've only had 16 penalties all year. In seven games, Rod. That's two a game. Yeah. No, those hardball teams, they may not all like look the exact same personnel-wise and be running the exact same system because the quarterbacks have been very different, but they all have the same traits. Tough, physical, lines of scrimmage teams. Are you talking about the Stanford model, the San Fran model, the Michigan model? No, There's a, a hardball model. There's a hardball like way of playing football, and there's a hardball blueprint to win. And I think he's right. It, it's easier to build more of the spread model when you're talking about spread offenses. He doesn't. That's not a spread offense. Michigan runs. No, they're they, traditional. <laughs> exactly. I think it's. No, I took them longer. E. It's harder these days to find those more traditional athletes because they don't exist on the level they used to yeah, back in the day. They're spread babies. As they, you call yeah, them. everybody's spread out. Everybody's got these skill athletes that and, can and run. And if you do get those kids, they got to develop a little bit, right? They got to yes. get in the weight room. They got to learn yeah. the techniques. Probably Properly. But it is, it is a you know, what was it said? When he was out coaching out in San Francisco, uh, I think it was the, one of the writers with the San Jose Mercury News who had the great quote that said, you know, Jim Harbaugh is like, he's, he, he, he is a, he's, like a, he's like a pounding fist. That's just him. That's who he is. He's, yep. he's abrasive as a guy. Yep. He, he's like, what did he say? He's like a fist with a mouth is when, you, when you're talking to him. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> yeah. a fist with a mouth. Yeah. He, that's but that's good. how he is. Right? He's, he's in your face. He's aggressive. He's Remember a little he abrasive. in the NFL and he would get into dispatch with the other coaches? Oh, really? Pete Carroll thing? Pete, Pete Carroll, Carroll oh, yeah. And, Petty? Yeah, that was another one. I think it was a Detroit Lions coach at the time. You remember yeah. Harbaugh when he was a player. At least I do. He used to wear the headbands that would mock the commissioner. You mm-hmm. know, kind of taking oh, the— Oh, yeah. Yeah. He likes that kind of stuff. Yeah, he is not going to back down. No. And so— this thing will be interesting. How much? How far does this investigation go? What do they uncover? Remember, does, he didn't back down from the NCAA the first time. No, they wanted didn't. him to have a harsher penalty for the recruiting violation. He said, "I'm going to go with the the, the Michigan self-imposed." But he's built suspension. a heck of a team. Yes. Uh, now they've got to prove it. They're going to get a chance. They haven't played anybody yet, um, but they're going to play you know Penn State and Ohio State here down the road, and then they would have you know play Big Ten championship game. But it's interesting. I'm going to look. I'm just looking at the NCAA website for stats. Michigan number one in fewest penalties committed. Number two is Air Force. Number three is Army. 
So they're up there with two military <laughs> academies, <laughs> yeah. which that's kind of how his that, team is. I was going to say that they're does very precise. Fits. That fits. Uh, they they force a lot of turnovers. Mentally tough. And that's what P.J. Flex said. He said they're deep, but they don't beat themselves. They're like a boa constrictor. They just come at you, and you have to beat them. And they don't beat themselves. They're very talented. And over four quarters, they just choke you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, not flashy. Kind of like the Georgia teams have been the last couple of years. And maybe this year's Georgia team not as Georgia good. Georgia added a little flash, though, in recent years. Remember when they brought in Todd Monkey and they started asking flashy offense. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. And, yeah, uh, some, some cheat Well, codes. now with Brock Bowers out for Georgia – you know, is Michigan the the most complete team? Does that become I, the team? They, that, they seem like it right you know, now. But and we'll get to see Penn State and Ohio State tomorrow. James Franklin one and eight lifetime against Ohio State. Mm. Um, that's a big hand. That's a game. That's a James Franklin game. I mean, that is a huge game for him. It's the biggest game, arguably, of his coaching career there at Penn State. It is because the knock on him is he can't win the big game. James Franklin is basically ranked Penn State teams under James Franklin zero and six on the road versus top ten opponents. He hasn't won a big game. He doesn't win big games. If he wins this one, that narrative can start to change. But right now, I'll go with Ohio State because I just don't trust James Franklin in a big contest. But this is the best team he's had, arguably, since he's been there. Yeah, he, again, this is his this, <clears throat> this is his, his finished product, yeah. I think. and Because and, now he has a quarterback, right? He's got J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. But if he can't do it with this team, they'll say what? You're right. He'll never do it. <laughs> if, he can't, if he can't do it with this team, then he's never going to get it done. Well, and you know, in the NFL, he played a good mm. chunk of his career with the Bears, and the Bears could be looking for a coach in the offseason. And Ooh. the Bears are right down the road from Ann Arbor. That's not too far. The Bears. Across the lake. So, and, you see, uh, so you're saying we could see multiple coaches from the college level decide to ascend to the NFL level this year? Possible. If Lincoln Riley decides he wants to go with Caleb Williams and cash that lottery ticket, or if Jim Harbaugh decides, I'm tired of NCAA and they're BS, I don't want to deal with it no more, going back to my NFL home, all right, where I got a lot of respect. Uh, and you talk about you can get another one. Now, Ryan Day, another well, random. Think about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. If you just built the team, right, and you've been in the NFL before with the 49ers. Oh, yeah. And successful. Super Bowl, very successful. successful in the NFL. And now you look at look across the lake there, across Lake Michigan, which is you know, oh, yeah. Ann Arbor. Oh, great point. And now you're saying, wait a second, they got they, they have the first and second pick of the draft, and yeah. I get to pick my quarterback. Ooh. And then you yeah. know, somebody else that can be in a foundational kind of player. Yeah, you tell me in the in the division now that the Detroit Lions are apparently running yeah, the division. Yeah, all I got to do is beat Dan Campbell. <laughs> That's who I got to beat. I'll take it. There's no more Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Okay. The Vikings are not going right? to be moving hey. on from Kirk Cousins probably. It's not bad. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think that's a very good point. And the story we had earlier was came from, from Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick's show that um, I guess there's apparently Lincoln Riley has reached, you know, there have been feelers put out by Lincoln Riley's people that uh, – you know he's interested, and maybe he knows, as we said, that Caleb Williams is this generational quarterback. And if he was ever going to go to the NFL, it would be for a team that has the ability to draft that quarterback and almost a package deal kind of thing. That could be the Bears too. Yeah, and he's he's a smart guy. He knows that's why he's been a great a fast riser. He knows when to leave right an opportunity and when to take advantage of another one. And think about this too. You know, you got. USC about to go to the Big Ten. There was speculation that Lincoln Riley did not want to go to the SEC. When he was in the Big 12, and that was one of the reasons he went to USC, decided, you know what, I'll go to the Pac-12. Uh, now you got the you got the Pac-12 dissolving, and you got USC heading to the Big 10, which will also be really, really competitive. And I wonder if he's deciding, you know what, if I'm going to go to the Big 10 and get exposed, potentially, I'll just go to the league. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because people already talk about, I, you know, I, I can't accompany a great defense with my prolific offenses. Um, and maybe that's true. Maybe that actually it t- ends up being true because – 
at this point, you'd have thought Lincoln Riley could have solved that problem because he's such a great coach, or maybe he just doesn't prioritize it or emphasize it, who knows. But if you're going to go potentially get exposed in the Big Ten because you've been playing in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, which are considered you know lower-tier conferences than the Big Ten and the SEC, and you're going to go to it's a stiffer competition and potentially you know have – Less success than you've had. Lincoln before. Riley, he's not ready for the physicality of the yeah, Big Ten. Exactly, They're just not. So why not go to the NFL where you yeah, can't even it, handle Notre Dame? Right, it's a, it's, it's a physical league, but at least you can get the pieces you need in the NFL. You can hire a, a defensive coordinator slash head coach yeah. that can handle that. So, Agreed. and if you don't get exposed, get exposed in the league rather than get exposed in college. Yeah, get exposed. Well, and, and, he, and they pay you well to get exposed too. If you he, get exposed, and, but by really, you do what Matt Rule did. You go to the league. Then you fail in the league. If you fail, you got to fail safe because every college program will go, well, those are two different sports, the foot, the NFL and college football. He can, right. come, he can come coach for us and we'll pay him top dollar to do it. That's so right. don't ruin your reputation by getting exposed in college football. Cash that lottery ticket when you are basically at the height of your, you know, the height of your game and then go to the NFL, cash that ticket. If the NFL decides you're not good enough for the league, which has happened to a lot of college coaches, Go back to college and make some more money. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, Matt Rule certainly did it. Made a lot of money from the Carolina oh. Panthers owner, and you know he's working in Nebraska. Uh, but you know Jim Harbaugh is a proven commodity in the NFL. Yes. That's the thing about he's him. He's been successful. In yeah, those, yeah, and he's and maybe that's what took him. You mentioned the reason the, the duration it took him to get Michigan back. It, it you know get the right players, but same time. He kind of had to learn the college game again because it was he'd been in the NFL for so long, right? Uh, with with the 49ers. Good point. But uh, yeah, both those guys I think would be, and both teams you know, have a chance to. Now both teams have. Well, actually, Michigan doesn't have a big game this week. They've got a. Uh, are they playing this week, Michigan? Oh, yeah. I gotta check. That's yes, they're playing State. Michigan State. Oh, that's they're why Michigan State. it's almost like they don't have a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's not even getting to the Mel Tucker What are they mess. favored by in that game? Uh, Twenty-four. Might not be enough. Might not be enough. Might not be enough. That could be one of the five picks. (laughs) Might not be enough. With that in mind, Rod, Ty, are you ready to make picks? Let's do it. Ready to go head to head? Let's go. Let's go mano a mano, head to head in the National Football League and college football. Five picks. I went two, two, and one last week. Ty went two and three. Uh, we go head to head. Do we have any college football music tied? Do we have any accompanying uh, tunage that we can fire up? Do we can find something there to get this going because it makes it a little, little more fun. Oh yeah, gotta have that. Gotta have the tunes. It's, it's mood music. Yeah, it's, NFL mood, music man. work. Uh, NFL's fine. Oh, I Just love NFL get, get, films you know, music. Get, get you, get you, get what your you brain on? working you properly. Rambling man from Grambling. What you bringing on? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Autumn is a raider. Uh, what say you? Tundra. The frozen. <laughs> by the way, that's a redundant phrase because tundra, by definition, is frozen. Ah, it's come so on, weird. you stickler for English. It is. <laughs> you look up what tundra your, means. Your wife's a teacher. Tundra is frozen. <laughs> so it's redundant. All right. Wet water. Okay, go ahead there, Ty. What do you got? First, I'll take Iowa minus three and a half against Minnesota. Talking the Iowa Hawkeyes? Yep, the lowest uh, over-under of all, t- all time college football. What 30, is it? 31 points. And I'm, I'd probably take the under, too. Full mm, bonus pick okay. for you there. Okay. All right. I do like that. I do like that. Uh, all right, I'm going to take the Duke Blue Devils getting 14.5 points Saturday at 6.30 at Florida State. I think the half point is big for me. Inside two touchdowns. Duke's hard to score on. They're going to have Riley Leonard back. Good chance he plays. I think Florida State will win that game, but I think it's going to be like a 28-17 kind of game. So I get 14.5. I'll take Duke. Okay, I'll take Utah plus seven at USC. Ooh, again, a touchdown. Cameron Rising not back yet. I rode Utah to a win last week, so and they were good to me. They were good to me. But, uh, all right, uh, so Utah plus seven. Would you like to buy that up to a hook or no? You might no. want to think about that. You might get If you're, if you're actually going to play that game, you Tease can buy that up. up to seven and a half, mm-hmm. just, to, just to be fun. Might go Utah outright. Ooh, well, 
That's a good. One. You're down on USC. I guess you got yeah, to see them trash. play Notre Dame. Yeah, oh, they're the, trash. Their defense is trash, not the team. Defense. Right. Where, where are you right on that Duke pick? You like Duke? My I Duke like that bug? pick. You do? I like that pick. Yeah, that's a quality pick right there. Mike Elko is he the next coach at A and M? I don't know, but I like his defensive scheme, man. He can coach him up. All right. Uh, so Utah getting seven. What's your second pick, Ty? I'll take UCF plus seventeen and a half against OU. Ooh, you that's 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 bold. That is bold because I think Oklahoma's gonna be off their bye winning. week. Utah, yeah. Duke, of course, and we know Oklahoma's the highest scoring team in the Big Twelve, and they're the best defensive De- scoring yeah. team in the I, Big Twelve. That's why they they've covered every game. I think Oklahoma will cover that. You Remember? think so? Yeah, I think so. On the uh, bye week. Okay, I'm going to take the Oregon Ducks. Uh, it's got to lay a big number, but it's 20. They're hosting Washington State off the loss at Washington. I think they regret that game. I think they let that game get away. Their kicker missed a kick at the end, and Dan Muller, Dan Lanning went for it over and over again. But much like Oklahoma, the Ducks have covered every game, and the Ducks play great defense, and they can score in a big way with Bo Nix. I like, right. I'm, I'm not afraid of the 20, and I'm going to take the Oregon Ducks. Okay, I'll take SMU minus 23.5 against Temple. Because Temple is that's tonight. That's tonight. Oh, there we go. Uh, get, get started early. Yeah, that's 6 t- p.m. tonight. And against the the Stan Drayton-led Temple Owls. I don't think he oh, will yeah. be there long. My man, Arthur Johnson is the uh, AD over there, isn't he? Come on, they're going to give Stan some time to get the money. It's, it's, it's his second year now? Yeah, you're at Temple. You're Temple, you can't man. Be, <laughs> don't forget who you are just because you had Matt Rule and had a successful run. Then you're still Temple. Come on. All, all right. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee, getting nine points at Alabama. Uh, I think that's too big of a number. I think, much like my my Duke thought, I think Alabama will win that game. But I think Tennessee getting almost 10 points, getting nine points, I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. Uh, Number 17 versus number 11. It's Bryant-Denny Stadium. I know that's been a tough place for Bama. Remember last year they played that epic Tennessee beat Bama. Uh, And they had Hendon Hooker at quarterback, obviously. Jalen Hyatt scored five touchdowns. But I'm going to take the nine points in Tennessee at 2.30 Saturday in, uh, in Tuscaloosa. Bama's not blowing people out this year anyway. Yeah, they, not, they beat Arkansas by three points. Yeah, they're not, they're not blowing teams out. That's not, even they do win. So. And, and and it feels like Vegas still values them maybe a little more than they should. I agree with that. Uh, all right, I'll make two picks here. I'm going to take Penn State, uh, give them <sighs> four and a half. Literally every single pick you, I, I was going to take every single one you've taken so far. Uh, Penn State. Huh? Sorry, Ty. That means we're both going to do awful. <laughs> uh, but I'll take Penn State getting four and a half. Again, too many points. I think they're even teams. Ohio State's getting the three-point home advantage. This is, uh, I think, I think Penn State can win this game outright. I do. I think their offense mm-hmm. is more dynamic, and I think their defense is just a little better than Ohio State. The 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 James Franklin pucker factor will be big. It is huge, huge, man. Will he step up? He hadn't won a big and find game. a way. Like th- not this big anyway. Because I'm, you know, and I'm also my, my dad's not going to like this if he's listening because he's a big Ohio State fan. I'm not the biggest Ryan Day guy, especially the way he went after Lou Holtz after the game at Notre Dame. That's just come on, man. It's petty, baby. Don't be so petty. He's a petty guy. Hey, this is the first time since 2018, the 2018 Michigan game, that the Buckeyes are not favored by at least a touchdown at home. Really Isn't that crazy? They've been favored by at least a touchdown at home every game except since that 2018 Michigan game. So this is the, this game, you know, Vegas thinks, like you think, Penn State's going to keep it real close. It's the big noon kick yep. uh, on Fox. That means Urban Meyer will be in the building. Is he still, at least still loved at Ohio State, right? Uh, you got to. He brought titles there, even mm, if he is He a, did. He yeah, won. An A-hole. St. Urban, they called him. Yeah, exactly. He loves the co-eds there. Yeah, hey. Hey, hey now. Know, he's not the only head, former head coach that likes co-eds, okay? Let's not get deep into that. But. <laughs> uh, have, have you, I still have one pick, right? Yes, you do. Oh, you have two picks. You have two picks. Oh, really? Yeah. What do I have so far? SMU, yeah, Utah, or? UCF, and SMU. Okay, I'll take LSU minus 32 and a half against Army. 
think Jalen Daniels in that offense is going to overwhelm Army. And then I'll, I'll stick with the uh, the military academies. I'll take Navy plus 10.5 uh, at home against Air Force. Ooh, that's the, that's the academy versus the academy. I like that. My final pick is going to be the NFL because it's the game of the week in the National Football League, Rod. I am going to take the over in the Dolphins-Eagles game of 51. Yeah. Over 51 points. Uh, I think you're, I mean, the, the Eagles will – the Dolphins will score. Yeah, of course um, will. Because yep. they're too good. Uh, yeah. And the Eagles' secondary is iffy. But at the same time, the Eagles will score too. Uh, I think the Eagles coming off a tough week at the Jets where Jalen Hurts made th- through three picks. Yeah, he'll bounce back. I think this is a bounce-back game for them at, 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 the, uh, at the link, as they call it, across the street from the bank where the Phillies play. I'm going to take that, that game to be over. Uh, I don't know who's going to win that game, Rod. Who do you think is going to win that game? I'm going to take the over. I think they're going to put that I'm game you know, gonna in the, the 30s. The, I'm going to say the Dolphins are going to win, but I think it'll be close. I'm not sure if Jalen Ramsey is playing this week, but he is practicing. Um, Jalen Ramsey, the corner that the uh, the Dolphins traded for, he is practicing. So I wonder if he'll play. If he plays, that could be a huge difference maker. And hell, honestly, the Eagles probably go after him. If he does play because he hadn't played, he might be so rusty that he hadn't played in a while too. So that would be a factor to keep it with. But I'll, I'll take the Dolphins in that game. I'm with you. Dolphins will give you 28 points. I know. They're going to give you 27, 28 points. And I've given you the stat all week that last week the unders were 13-2. and two. I think there's a bounce back for that thing that a little bit this week. And I think Vegas will – and I'll try to try to swing it back. I'm about to say Vegas will adjust their lines, yeah. and then you got NFL teams that'll be emphasizing, prioritizing red zone offense and offense during practice because they're like, man, we were terrible. So I'm with you on it. I think you're willing to bounce back. You had you had nine teams win last week, scoring uh, let 20 points or fewer. It's crazy, which is crazy. But the, the one one of the teams that covered the over were the Dolphins, yeah, because <laughs> the Dolphins the over under was forty seven and they scored forty two against Carolina. They got yeah, forty two of those, so they can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the the Eagles secondary will give up some, but they're also going to get after Tua because that defensive front is is back. And I think Jalen uh, Carter is going to be back, the big defensive tackle who's you know on his way to being the defensive rookie of the year uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But the I think the Eagles get a bounce back game offensively too. Keep so in mind, I think that's going to be a tremendous. game It is going to be a great game. Keep in mind, Miami Dolphins allow the fewest pressures in the NFL right now. They do. So that's a great matchup because the ball comes match. out. Yep. Ball comes out. All right. So I have Duke getting fourteen and a half. I've got Oregon at home against Washington State in a fun game. I got Tennessee plus nine at Alabama. I have Penn State in Columbus getting four and a half. And I've got the Eagles Dolphins over fifty one. Ty has Utah, UCF. SMU tonight in a Friday night special at Temple, Smooth. LSU and Navy. Okay, I kind of like that SMU pick too. I was thinking of that because Temple's not good. Oh, just terrible. I haven't watched. I haven't seen Temple play at all. And SMU's pretty good. SMU with Red, Red Lashley, they do a pretty good job. Preston Stone's a good quarterback. Preston Stone out of Dallas. Their defense is better than you think. So yeah, I like that pick. Highest rated recruit in SMU football history. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM Extravaganza on a Friday. It's a football Friday, Rod. Yes, sir. Make it till you make it. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, it's a freak flag. Feel good. Make it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! That's right. Football Friday edition. I'll hook him up at the end, Rod B. That's right. 
All right, we're keeping an eye on this Michigan story where a UM staffer may have been at the center of a scheme, a scheme to steal signs and use technology to relay them to coaches on the sidelines. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, also talking Astros and Rangers, or Rangers and Astros, whichever way you're coming at that. The uh, Lone Star rivalry, the first time ever, and boy, we got exactly what we want. It's a 2-2 series, best of three now, and both teams have their best two pitchers going the next two games. Today at 4.07 and then Sunday night. As I said earlier, I kind of like this how this works out. You get this game this afternoon, then you can enjoy your Friday night doing whatever, going to your high school football games or grab some dinner, whatever mm-hmm. you're going to do, and then you don't have another baseball game to, to think about until Sunday. No, it's so perfect because both of the Texas football teams are off. I saw, I mean, the NFL teams, I was like, the yeah. NFL did this on purpose. I don't know how it worked yeah, out. Yeah, it way. worked out. And then <laughs> the, only, the only competition you'll have is you, you're going to have to have two TVs on Sunday night to watch game four or game six. Uh, and watch the Eagles and the Dolphins. Yeah, the Eagles and the Dolphins. The, but in terms of your affiliation, oh, most, yeah. most people who are, are Astros or Rangers fans and just NFL fans, they'll choose, like, oh, let me watch my Astros and Rangers first. Yeah, Cowboys then, aren't in the way. Yeah, Texans are in the way. you got to worry about that. It's pretty good. That it's is nice. good. It is nice. Uh, so Because I, I think the way, as I, I said, we're growing down to Galveston, my sister, my young, my, old, my only sister is turning 40 years old, which is Nice, incredible. that's big. Did you, did you get a gift? Uh, we're well, a beach house. My brothers and I are taking her. We're, oh. we're setting this up so we can go oh, to the beach. Oh, this is a surprise thing. No, she knows about it. But it's like uh, y'all setting it up though. She's yeah, gotta, she's got to arrive. We're, we're, okay. Yeah, gotcha. she gets, that's nice. And she gets to use the beach house tonight with her friends oh, and kind of nice. celebrate. And then we'll all be there tomorrow. And uh, but but just <laughs> so you cool. know, Rod, I I will be hosting the Inside Texas on Texas football in game watch event. Oh, that's right. Tomorrow I'll be I'll be at Galveston, but we have a, a separate place where I'm going to be doing that. So if you're going to be watching the game, not at the University of Houston, and you're going to watch the game tomorrow, watch along with us. Just go to your you know get out your your tablet or your laptop, uh, or even on YouTube on your TV, watch it. And uh, myself and you, Rod, will join mm-hmm. me. Bobby, Bobby Burton, Burton and Jerry Hamilton and Ian all the Boyd. Ian Boyd, yeah. and it really is a fun way to watch a football game. We get in depth and uh, talk about you know quarter by quarter analysis and play by play analysis. It's not play by play; you still have to watch the game, but then we talk through it. Yep. Halftime adjustments and you know how things are going, players of the game, all that. That's it on Texas football on YouTube. It's really fun. It really is a good time. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that at three o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, we'll get some beach time ahead of that and after. And uh, so looking forward to that this oh, weekend. Oh, man, yeah. Happy birthday to my sister. It's not until the 23rd, but uh, hard to believe she's 40, Rod, because, as I've said, there's a pretty good gap between my brother and myself and then my younger brother and oh, sister. Yeah. Same parents. But we they were, had, they took their time. They, well, they had us when they were babies. I mean, they were like so what's the 19 gaps? and 20. What's the gaps? Well, I, I was 10 when my sister was born. Ooh, that's a big, that's a, me and my brother yeah. are five years apart, so and that's I'm, a pretty big I'm gap. Because I'm 50, she's 40. So, and I remember going to the hospital and, you know, holding her. So she, you were just babysitting. You were doing some babysitting. I remember, that, that's the same way I'm with pretty really? much all my siblings. Well, when they hit okay. 40, then it gets really weird. So you guys were, yeah, because <laughs> that means you changed her <laughs> and everything. Oh, yeah. 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 Changed <laughs> diapers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird for me now that, like, my all my siblings are in college. I see. I'll still see him. And you feel old now. Yeah, you're not old because yeah. <laughs> you were raised them. Kind of. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's, that's kind of weird. I agree. My well, brother's well, older, so I'm the younger on that. But just five years, ten years. That's a long time. That's that's well, a gap. It is weird enough. If you were listening yesterday, I said you know I left for college at 18 and really didn't go back. So when she was growing up, I wasn't even around. So you missed all the years. You missed all those wonder <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <huh? laughs> I mean, I hardly, I hardly got to. I mean, we we saw each other holidays and we talked and uh, whatnot and vacations and things of that nature. But. Uh, it's just a, it's a, but it's going to be great that she turns forty and we get to all get together. My brother's coming in from the East Coast, and we'll have a good old time this weekend. But we'll be doing the what, on Texas football what's, watch. Uh, what's the what, what meals are going to be had down there? What's the food? Her situation? boyfriend is cooking the dinner. Ah, it's something her okay. favorite meal. I don't even. I think it's a, some Ooh, pasta dish. She meal, loves. whatever it is, pasta dish. Nice. Uh, we'll have full we'll of sandwiches for lunch, and then uh, everyone will have 
grab their own dinner tonight on their way in to Galveston, and then we'll do a big brunch on the way out on Sunday morning. Since we're talking about birthdays, I would be remiss if I did not mention uh, wifey's birthday is today, so shout out to my oh. lovely wife. Happy birthday, baby. I don't know if she's listening, but there you go. Her friends might tell her, he didn't even give you a birthday shot on the radio. So just in case, happy birthday. Does she listen typically? She she listens from time to time. Yeah, she says she listens like when she's putting the baby down. So she'll turn on the show just for the baby to hear my voice. Oh, nice. Sweet. She would do stuff like that. So that I told, is cool. So it's inappropriate content probably for the baby, but it's okay. <laughs> happy birthday, yes. Mel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, n- now your wife and mother of your child. That's, yes, that's I, a, wife and mother of my child. You're right. Got to start mentioning that, too. Well, she, gets du- she gets double props right, for that. Am I right that the baby is... Uh, uh, one month on Tuesday or Monday? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because 25, she's 25th of September, yep. she was born. Yeah, so, so you're week, right about that. That's week. crazy. Month already old. flying by. <laughs> already flying. Damn. Yeah. Wild, man. That's cool. Okay, so that's why it's hard to believe my, my sister's 40, but that means I'm 50. That means I'm old. <laughs> that's all Dang that it. means. Dang it. Dang <laughs> it. Dang <laughs> it. <laughs> what is it, Stephen A? Dang it. Oh, Michael Irv. Right. It's okay. Uh, we all get old. Can we go behind the burnt orange curtain one more time talk Texas football? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind all right, Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of the Longhorn football team, spoke to the media yesterday. Media He was in a good mood. He was in a real good mood, which makes me think his team must look real good. Uh, here's Sark in his opening statement to the media uh, talking about uh, the Texas U of H matchup coming up this weekend. It's great to be back in game week. Um, I think you could definitely feel it uh, with the intensity at practice, the energy at practice, the competitiveness at practice. I thought our guys really had three quality days of work, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, with, with Monday a, a great day to kind of get back to it. Uh, but they really brought it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And um, it shows, in, like I said, in the intensity and the competitiveness at practice, um, which is what we were hoping to have coming off of the bye week last week. And so um, I love I love where we're at from a mentality standpoint. I really like where we're at physically. Um, obviously, we got we got some guys back healthy. Um, and I, I just think we're, we're getting ready to go play uh, a ball game Saturday in, in a hostile environment on the road. We know that, that Houston would like nothing more than, than to knock us off in this ball game. And so it's going to have to take our best effort to go in there and get a win. All right, that is uh, Sark talking about the Houston Cougars and how his team has looked so far this week and then in the bye week. He was asked about the practice habits of his team because he actually came out talking about how well his team had practiced this week in the bye week, and he was proud of that. Kirk Bosa asked him basically, well, you sound like you talk a lot about the good practices. Does that mean you don't have any bad practices? Here's Steve Sarkisian. No, we we do. We've had them in the past. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, but I, I do think there's a real level of maturity and I think that's a great word to describe this football team. You know, we, we've got really good leadership on this team across the board. You know, it's not like one position group's got good leaders and, and maybe another one doesn't, you know, I think that we're, we're spread throughout our roster of veteran players who are in year three in our program who really understand um, how we go about our business um, I think our coaching staff does a, does a tremendous job day in and day out of getting our guys prepared to go practice. Uh, and in the end, you know, I said it, I said it yesterday. Uh, we have, we have guest officials that come and, you know, it's been, it was a two hour practice and Wednesdays are traditionally tough practices for us. And we always do a good on good team period at the end. Uh, on Wednesdays, we do third downs. 
And our guys were more excited for that period of practice after a, a hard practice than I can remember. And I looked at the official and I said, man, our guys love to practice. Like they really love being out here. And that's a great sign, you know, that they're not just surviving practice. They're attacking it. They're having, they're having fun doing it. They're competing at a high level. Um, so to your point, I, I do think that it takes a lot of maturity, but I also think it, it, you have to have players on your team that love the game. And those are, you know, one of the characteristics that we look for uh, in recruiting uh, is, do you love football? And if you love football, we only get so many opportunities to be out there. And we put a lot of time and effort into preparation mm-hmm. for practice and games. And so when we get those moments, um, we definitely, we want to, we want to maximize them. And um, I, I think this team um, has been one of the better ones I've ever been around and definitely probably the best I've had here in three years of their intent going to practice. Everything they do is intentional um, and they, they really try to be coachable, but yet they're highly, highly competitive. Uh, I'm, I'm glad Sark went to detail there. Most uh, football fans don't even think about it because, you know, it's really, really deep into the weeds and, um, you know, kind of going down the rabbit hole of football. But f- football is one of the few sports where you practice more than you play. So you've got to become a good practice player or a great practice player before that ever translate to, translates to the consistency on the actual football field in-game. And coaches, they don't trust players who don't perform consistently in practice and have a baseline of performance in practice. Therefore, they'll trust that player in a critical situation and circumstance running a certain play and concept in a game because they know I've seen them do it in practice a ton. And not only doing it in practice, but doing it in practice with a level of intensity. And that's what coaches have to replicate in practice that's really tough for them. Because you practice more and you play, you still need that level of intensity so that the the game isn't such a shock in terms of the high intensity of the actual game time and real-time reps and snaps. You want to make sure that those snaps in practice replicate as much of that intensity of the game as possible. It's hard to do, but that's your job as a coach. So when you go to the game, it does translate, which means you need everybody competing at a really high level. You need people... Play, players practicing like All-Americans so that you can compete against other All-Americans and then you can go later and play like an All-American. This is why coaches hate gamers because they don't trust gamers because they didn't prove they could do it in practice. They just did it in the game, yeah. which is great, but I need, I need you to do that in practice. Like, in the, like individual players can practice a lot. <laughs> like, in, like Kobe Bryant used to talk about all his workouts for the NBA, yes. right? But, but yeah, once the season starts in baseball and basketball, you don't practice a lot at all. Um, almost never, right? You take batting practice and you do some fielding work, but mm-hmm. you're playing every day. Football, you're right. Week between games, I don't think a lot of fans think about that. But and that's why good coaches create fun practices, right? And exactly. interesting practices. Yep. You can't just do the mundane, boring stuff. You got to <laughs> create challenges. It's like, I mean, golf. Golf is a good example of that. I mean, golfers. I mean, they. You'll be amazed how much practice the even good golfers do, right? Oh yeah, uh, and you've Hours got and you've course. got, but it, it it's a waste of time to not make it valuable practice, mm-hmm. right? You can't just go out there banging balls on the driving range. That doesn't do anything for you. You got to really practice the shots you're gonna you're gonna face, and the and this is what you're talking about. You mm-hmm. got you got to sharpen Situations. yourself, yep. and create the tension that you're gonna be dealing with on the golf course. That's exactly right. Uh, and I think that's what Sark's talking about with these players. They know how to to practice because you got to learn how to practice. That that seems like a it's a, it's a common thing or an easy thing. It's not. Oh, it take it takes a while because every coach has a different style. I mean, Mac Brown yelling. Stay off the ground. Stay off the ground. Great athletes aren't on the ground. Get on the ground. Because he always believed injuries took place when guys were on the ground or pursued to the ground. So every coach has got a different philosophy about practice. Uh, that's the way it goes. Okay, um, one quick, one, one uh, last clip before we get to the break here. This is Sark talking about his team's reaction after a loss. This is important because he's talking about his team's demeanor, disposition after their first loss of the season. Here's Sark. 
Um, I, I, I feel like I've got a team right now that's a little pissed off and that's okay. You know, that, that they're angry, um, and they want to get back on the field. They want to play. Um, you know, I, I think they all likelihood. I know a lot of them wanted the rest last week. I think they all wanted to get out there and play again next Saturday to kind of get that taste out of their mouth. And so that's kind of how practice has felt. It's been very intense. Um, um, because I think that, that, that these guys feel like we're a good football team and, and we've got something to prove. And as a coach, the fact that it's coming internally, that it's coming from them in the locker room, that's a great sign. And so, um, again, we need to make sure that we execute at a high level, but the intent from which we're going about it throughout practice. And I think the intent that we'll play with Saturday, uh, and then every Saturday moving forward, I think is the right one. There you go. These teams. Pissed off, a little upset, and they should be because they probably watched that film of that Texas-Oklahoma game multiple times and realized they were their own worst enemy, that you lost that game because of self-inflicted wounds. You lost that game because you did not perform at your best and execute in critical moments of the game. Defense, it was late in the game, late in the first half, late in the second half. For offense, it was early in the game. But still, if you had executed for four quarters, you'd be undefeated today. That's exactly right, uh, and that, that's a veteran team who, as we've said a lot this year, there's a lot of guys on this team that'll you know never play in the SEC. This is their season to leave a legacy, to leave a mark, uh, to leave as a champion, and um, a lot of these guys and these core guys, and those are the ones that, that really tr- push yep. the needle. And it's good to play. Charles Ark has said his team's better when they play with a chip on their shoulder, embrace the hate, um, and I think it was Oklahoma that played with more of a chip on their shoulder yes, in that game. Did. Yep. And I think the Longhorns learned that. It's a pretty valuable lesson. We'll come back when we do what's popping, including one name, Rod, that I think could be, if traded in the NFL before the trade deadline, could move the needle in a big way for the right team. Let's get to it. We come back. Here's Michelle's experience with Apple leasing. I've always been curious about... What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass it. It's like stuff. Austin, Texas, sports, the horn. Pop in the day, 407, Rangers Astros from Globe Life Field. Oh, yeah. And according to John Blake, uh, media director for the Rangers, tweeted 17 minutes ago, the Globe Life Field roof will be closed for Game 5 today. So I guess this will become an issue because Dusty Baker said that there was an agreement between both teams that none of the roof, that they would not open any of the uh, roofs for the baseball parks during this series. And then I guess for some reason... That agreement was broken because the Rangers did it in game four. Yes, and that made, but remember, both sides of it said Major League Baseball makes the decision if the roof is open. So that had to have come from MLB, not yeah. the Rangers. Yeah. Probably um, so so they it, made that call last night. Did it's it probably it, a network decision. Honestly, it probably just looks better. It does. And it was a beautiful night. Yeah, it was exactly. a beautiful They're night. Probably like, man, it looks better. Yeah, the overhead shots and, you know, just playoff baseball. But today it is going to be in the 90s. So I can see them keeping that closed and, you know, want to deal with sun. And, you know, these, that's one of the great things about having that park. I mean, you don't worry about rainouts and you don't worry about, you know, sun glare and, you know, outfielders dealing with, with shadows, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the pitching mound, that kind of stuff. Uh, so the Rangers will close that roof today at a 4 o'clock start. Huge game, obviously. Game 5, that'll be popping for sure. It is uh, Jordan Montgomery versus Justin Verlander. Both were going to be Game 1 starters in this they series. They don't get bigger than this one. It's huge. They really don't. Yeah. They really don't. And uh, looking forward to that. Also, the Arizona Diamondbacks will host Philadelphia tonight, 7 7 uh, so two two baseball games. You got that college football game tonight as well. Ty took SMU over Temple. 
That'll be popping tonight, and we know Smooth. it'll be popping all weekends. Uh, keep in mind, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Rod and Patrick Davis tie over at Doc's Backyard in Sunset Valley. That's right. That'll be our pregame show headed up to the Houston game. Also, keep an eye, because they have all the TVs there at Doc's. You can watch Penn State, Ohio State, and all the early games and really get going with the 2.30 kicks. 3 o'clock start for the Longhorns, and Rod and Patrick and Ty will get you completely locked in. It's going to be fun. Game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. I love that spot. It's like five minutes from the house. It is. My stomping grounds. I go there all the time anyway for random stuff. Good spot. <laughs> uh, sitting outside. Should be a nice day tomorrow uh, for F1. will be popping this weekend, Rod. The Killers are tonight. Queens tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, the U.S. Grand Prix is on Sunday. The big race. Mm-hmm. Now, Max Verstappen has already locked up the championship, so there's not much drama. But obviously, someone's going to win the race, and you know, there'll be all kinds of celebrities. Half the people and, out there are not even for the. They're not even out there to watch the race. It's I so was much surprised to do by out that there. last year when I got I went out there. I got to go last year. I'm not going to win this year, obviously. But the it's amazing how passionate the fans are. Especially a lot of fans come up from Mexico and they're rooting for Cheto. The uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, check it. What, what's his nickname? Oh, you, you know I don't know. Uh, he's the he's the Mexican driver. He is so popular. It, it is it's pretty unbelievable. He's Max Verstappen's teammate. Okay. Uh, so that, but man, it was 150,000 strong last year, and they, where I was, it wasn't about the, the, the look at me stuff. It was really racing fans, which is pretty cool. I was way down at the the end, almost in the stands that would overlook the super stage. Essentially, yeah. there'll be all types there. There'll, there'll be the be, real fans, and there'll yeah, be you ones. get up to the main grandstands. There'll be some look at me folks. Just for sure. the, just for the show, man. That's where all the celebrities will be. Just for the show. Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick? Which one of your picks is your favorite for the weekend? I'm going to go with the Astros tonight. Yeah! Since I'm so good at picking baseball games. Oh, you're Why are you doing that? You Why are you, son of a... This is the reverse Johnny Bull. No, go no, Strohs. no. Come Strohs on. by 10 tonight. Oh, I feel disgusted. I'm so this. mad. <laughs> no, it just ruined my day. <laughs> go Strohs. Oh, come on. I mean, you sound right. Come on. Oh, man. Give me, I'll give you a real Somebody one. said, I just, drove, I just drove into work listening to Creed's full album, Go Rangers. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know if it's working for him anymore. The Creed mojo might be dying. They get out to Docs tomorrow, 1 o'clock to 3. Longhorns are at 3. Watch uh, watch along with us on On Texas Football, the Inside Texas YouTube channel. Yes, sir. Rod will be doing the post game as well on that On Texas Football channel with Bobby Burton. We'll be back on Monday, and safe to say we'll have a lot to talk about. Damn right. Um, two more Ranger Astro matchups. Uh, good football all weekend long. Another top seven matchup on Saturday. Rod, have a great weekend, buddy. You too, brother. Happy hey, birthday to the wife. Hey, uh, Ty, great stuff as usual. We'll see you at 6 a.m. or hear you at 6 a.m. on Monday.